B-Pod Studios. Now, the show you'll be talking about. That was not me hemming and hawing. In therapy. Socks, socks, stupid socks. Felker and Mass. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook on 98.5 The Sports Hub. A very difficult two-week span for the Celtics continues. And there will be no silver lining from what would have been a dramatic comeback. The Celtics make a run at it, but they fell behind by 30. They lose for the third consecutive time on this homestand for the fifth time in six games. And it is back to the drawing board. The final score, Indiana 117, Boston 112. From the Town Fair Tire Studio, Felder and Maz, 98.5 Sports Hub, Sinocast, NBC Sports Boston, courtesy of presenting sponsor DraftKings. And once again, no Felger, no Maz. Jim Murray alongside Adam Jones. And if you want to join us at any time, 617-779-0985. This your last show of the year, Jones? Yes. Yeah, mine too. And uh... <laughs> What, you want to uh, vent about traffic? I just heard you venting about traffic. No, I'm not going to do it. No, that would be selfish. Jim, I need material for the final word. Go. <laughs> that would be selfish and self-serving. It really would. It's not the time for it. I, I will just say, apparently. Can I vent about all the bits of food on my computer? Can I vent about that? That's more ventable. What are, what is, the, like, look at that. What even is that? Is that like bits of scallop? Yeah. First, yeah, of, so all, it's, first of all, it smells like scallops everywhere. I'm sure they're delicious. Not even, they not even, like, when you first get in our office. As soon as you get in the community elevator that takes us up from the parking lot, it's like, why does it smell like fish? And as I get, and closer I love scallops. Office, I'm not complaining about scallops. I'm just saying, same. I'm a it's got a, it's got a smell. I'm a seafood guy. Well, no, you're it, a foodie. We all know you're a foodie. <laughs> Never gonna live that down. Uh, yeah, shame on me for saying that out loud. But uh, yeah, it stinks of fish in here because it turns out it's like scallops wrapped in bacon. Um, and yeah, Zoe apparently enjoyed those and then spit them all over the computer. Yeah, it might be. And now that I'm looking at it, it actually might be bacon that spit all over the computer. But yeah, the that's, bacon was good too. That's that's great. And bits does, does bits he, of wing and scallop and bacon everywhere. Does he realize he left his uh, his collection of road sodas over there, too? I, I don't know. Are those his? <laughs> I'm guessing. Those are his. That's yeah. a good, yeah. They're yeah, definitely so, not Hardy's. So, come on back. You got uh, you, you left a few items here. <laughs> There's a good variety pack it there. Yeah. A good variety pack. A couple pack. of Smirnoffs, a couple of Fireballs. You know, I just, as it turns out, today's the getaway day. That's all I'll say. So, uh, good luck to you out there. So, those are being cracked open at, what, five? <laughs> uh Yeah. Yeah, they might be. But, uh, okay, well, deep breaths. Good luck to you out there today. Again, apparently today's the getaway day. Just, you know, there's nothing worse when you're in the car. Like, oh, okay, green, green to orange. I could live with that. And then when it gets to that deep, mean red on the Google Maps, you know you're, well, you're effed. Kind of like how the Celtics are right now, huh? How's that ah, for a professional segment? Nice. I feel like they're in a tailspin, Jones. Uh, this was another one, much like the Sunday game against the Orlando Magic. I was like, oh, well, they're going to bounce back. They'll be fine. Everything will be fine, right? Uh, they had a nice second-half rally, but they ended up losing to the Indiana Pacers, a team that's lesser than them in the Eastern Conference, uh, that also came in uh, looking to avoid a three-game losing streak. But they ended up losing last night, 117-112. They dug themselves a massive hole in the first half, where it looked like, once again, kind of like the Friday night game, the first of the uh, two against the Orlando Magic. What, did You're just like mad you got to work today? Like... It's just a complete no-show. You got Seaport doing on the mind. Like, their their problem is themselves. And this has been the problem with them over the last handful of years. I thought we were over this. I really do. As I tweeted last night at the end of this thing, 
Shame on me. I'm a sucker, once again. Like, I, I fell for it. Oh, the Celtics, look how determined, how determined Tatum looks so far this season. He's got himself even in better shape. Like, no, they figured it out. I loved hearing that he spent, like, three weeks in a dark room after they lost the finals. No, they're like the same dumb team. Oh, no, they're, they're the same. Now, that doesn't mean they can't win, right? right. I think we, sure. all, we all acknowledge they're capable of winning. They were in the NBA Finals last year. They had a 2-1 to lead in the NBA Finals they were leading game four. So they are capable of winning as currently t- constituted. E- even I wouldn't deny that with this team. But all the same problems still exist from a year ago. They're all still right there for everybody to see. And they reared their ugly heads on that road trip. I, I was ready at the end of that trip. If they won three out of four, as long as they beat Golden State, they needed to beat Golden State on that trip. They didn't. But if they even won three out of four, I wasn't saying clean sweep on that four-game trip out west. Win three out of four. Maybe you drop the Lakers game. Maybe you drop the Clippers game. But you smoke Phoenix. You beat Golden State. You win one of the L.A. games. I was ready to say they're on a tier by themselves. And, you know, they are different. I mean, I was ready to admit all those things about this team. The thing is, they're not. They, they have more talent, I think. You know, Brogdon is a big, big addition. But I still feel like they're in the exact same spot because of what you said, Jim. They still let their problems snowball. They still get in their own way. They still complain about the refs. They still flop. They still are too worried about how the game is officiated and whether they're getting their proper respect and everything else. And that remains a problem for this team to this day. So, yeah, I think that's their their biggest issue right now themselves. It's not – maybe it's Milwaukee. I mean, Milwaukee, I think, is really good. If they get matched up against Golden State, that's a matchup problem. But short of that, there's not another team I look at and go, oh, God, Memphis? Oh, God, New Orleans, Phoenix? Like, I, I don't look at it like that. Their biggest enemy is themselves. And as they're proving, when they get in their own way, they can lose to anybody. Orlando, Indiana, Golden State, whomever. Yeah, and the scariest part of it all is when did this start? I mean, and look, I, this is probably because you saw, like, multiple people tweet this last night, whether it's fans, media members, whoever. But I just think, like, how can you not go to this, even if it feels hackneyed? It looks like that Golden State loss completely shattered this team's mentality. It really does. Like, it started there, and it's devolved since. Again, I've sat around, all right, you know, like you had that, you're off a bad road trip, fine. You shouldn't lose to a bad Orlando team. But the Friday night one, fine. Friday night, Seaport doing on the mind, whatever. And they lost their minds. The Sunday one, and then this last night, they they look listless and lost. And at certain points, like, I want to say it's like one or two players, but it just seems to change night to night. Like, last night, I thought that might have been Jalen Brown's worst game as a Celtic. Oh, he was bad. Yeah. Floating on defense, bad in general. Uh, The whole team had a bunch of bad misses, you know, whether they were in close or wide open threes. And that will happen. Yeah, I know Jay Stu has his feelings on it being a make-miss league and all these things. That will happen. You're going to miss shots especially when you started off as red hot and as over their heads as they started. They were never the best offense in the history of the league. Never. They were never going to be that. The fact that people assume this is going to be the best offense in the history of the league was stupid. They weren't going to be that. They started that way. They played above their heads. Some of that is leveling out. I acknowledge all of it. But, yeah, no, it's about as bad as they played, although there's been a lot of these lately. I mean, that Clippers game, if you watched it, and I forget, what did that go head-to-head with? Did that go head-to-head with, or it was it after night, a Patriots game? The Monday night game against Arizona. That's what it was. So yeah. maybe maybe not everybody wanted to stick through and, and watch that, and if you didn't, I don't blame you. But, you know, that Clippers game was terrible. The Friday night Orlando game was terrible. Last night was terrible. And there's just been a lot of these lately. And you'd think a championship-caliber team, and, and look, they are a championship-caliber team, but you'd like to think a, a team on that level 
would be able to pull themselves out of this a little bit quicker. And for whatever reason, they haven't been able to do it. Are there X's and O's things that you question? Some of the moves that have been made by Joe uh, Joe Mazzula or whether or not he's even you know got his got a, a handprint on this team in the way that yeah. they're playing. Well, I, I hate the no timeout thing. And I've been on that Same. since opening night. Against Philly, on opening night, I was screaming about it in the postgame because it was that egregious and that annoying. I know you guys have talked a lot about that. He's explained it, you know, whether it's you don't want the crowd to get into it when you call a timeout if you're on the road or they've looked at the analytics of it. Whatever it is, that's pissed me off, but that's minor. I thought last night, last night I thought was a good time to give Malcolm Brogdon a start. I know he's in line to be their sixth man. I know that he's okay coming off the bench. He hadn't come off the bench in like three or four years uh, prior to this season. And last night was a good night to get him a start over Peyton Pritchard. I I don't get why they didn't do that. I don't get why he doesn't start over Derek White when they go small. But last night to me was an obvious one. Get Malcolm Brogdon in there. He's, you know, a guy who's averaged 20 points a game in the league before. He's a guy who shot 50, 40, 90 before. As recently as a couple of games ago, maybe his numbers have nosedived, he was leading the NBA in three-point percentage. Get him a start. I I don't get why they didn't do that last night. Not that he had his best night ever, but it's your former team. You can start him in the game. Why didn't they do that? I thought that was a a screw-up by Joe Mazzulla. Yeah, I just look. There's it's an 82 game season. There's going to be nights where they lose to a team. You're like, what? How, why, how the hell did that happen? But that's the NBA. That's been the NBA my whole the life. The Bucks have a few of them. The Houston Rockets. Sure. They lost to. They lost to the Cavs as well. That's not as egregious. They lost to the Spurs. Like the Bucks have them too. Yeah, everyone does. But with where this started against Golden State and how it's looked since, I, I can't help but be concerned because again, this is how this team has looked at their worst. Over the last handful of years, there has been pushback. You mentioned uh, that a certain someone uh, mentioned that this is a make or miss league. So email of the day. Sponsorships are available, by the mm. way. Email of the day comes to us from uh, who wrote in here. It's uh, Front, Roo- Front Row Stew is his name, uh, <laughs> writing in from the Metro West. If you buy into this idea that the NBA is a make or miss league, this uh, emailer writes, the Celtics are active proof. They're missing all these wide open shots. That will fix itself. The coaching is fine. And in fact... If the Celtics have all these open shots, the coaching is great. We know they can play defense when they need to. I'm not worried or concerned. It's just a bump in the road. They'll learn from this and be better, I think. Again, that comes from Front Row Stew in the Metro West. The coaching is great. Yeah, I would say the coaching is great. <laughs> they, can't even, they can't even take the interim tag off the yeah, coach. I mean, the logic of just it's a make-miss league, it really, it really tells you how irrelevant the coaching is. But what, what makes the coaching great? The fact that the Celtics are getting all these open shots and seeing them and going to the numbers, they actually match up. So the last six games for the Celtics, they have had uh, what is defined as open three-point shots, which is the closest defender four to six feet away. They only have two teams that are worse than them in the NBA. That's the Kings and the Rockets, and they're shooting at 27%. For wide open three-point shots, that's the last six games. uh, That's defined as six feet or more for defenders. I'm probably losing people, but I'm trying not to. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, there are they're, only two teams beneath them. They're getting and that's his, Toronto and Charlotte. They're shooting at 29%. They're getting Before open looks the last yeah. six. I'm uh, sorry, I'm uh, not interacting. No, no, with no, no, no. I was just, I was just uh, uh, summarizing. You said you're losing listeners. I'm, I'm just saying that that they're getting a bunch of open looks and they're they're missing them. Is your they're point. missing yeah. them? Yeah. They're they're the bottom three in the NBA league in the NBA this the last six games. But before the last six games. Uh, open threes, number one in percentage made. Wide open threes, number two in percentage made at 44 and 39%. So you go from 39 and 44% 
to 28%. That's why they're losing these games. They're getting these open looks. And by the way, they lead the NBA in the last six games in open three-pointers attempted. And look for Jay Stu baseline Christmas Day <laughs> against the Milwaukee Bucks. So With me, my Santa hat on. So let me ask you, Stu. Uh, or I'm sorry, uh, Big Jim. Let me ask you, given the numbers that, that Jay Stu just gave us, what's closer to reality? They're 44% or whatever it was, 40, 44% on open looks, or they're 28% on open looks? I just think it's more of a market, market correction on hacks like Marcus Smart and Grant Williams and Sammy Buckets and other guys. Like, it's just... Don't mock Sammy Buckets. They're not going to be able to sustain the way that they've shot. And he played well last night. You knew that this was going to end up coming home to roost. So that's what's happening. Okay, you got the open looks, but are these guys going guys to hit them consistently? Probably not, because they're kind of hacks. Yeah, and I, I just role players, I mean. But if you're being critical of the coaching, the offensive coaching, the coach is drawing up the the right plays. I, I, it's the player who needs to make the freaking shot. Yeah, I was more criticizing his rotations, which to me I thought it's were fair. I thought were lacking last Ish. night. I don't I don't get why Peyton Pritchard starts. I'm sure the logic is give him the spot start, keep everybody else's rotation the same. I'm sure that's the logic. That I is. just I just disagree with that logic. I think that's poor logic. That's why you're doing a talk show. Did the West Coast trip expose the Celtics? You have some concerns. 617-779-0985. This is where we will start today on a Felgerless and Mazless. Felger and Maz, it's Jim Murray, Adam Jones, and you. If you'd like to join us, couple open lines. 617-779-0985. Felger and Maz on 98.5 The Sports Hub. And streaming anywhere you go. Go, go, go on the go. Sports Hub app. BackstageCountry.com, your online home for all things country music. Lainey Wilson is on a roll. She's delivering great music and teaming up with some of country's hottest acts. Text Lainey to 45911 to see which four Lainey Wilson collabs have us talking at BackstageCountry.com. Text Lainey to 45911 to get a link to the list sent right to your phone from BackstageCountry.com. Now, more of Felger and Birds on the Sports Hub. We just got to regroup. We got to get back to, we got to learn how to how to win again. You know, I think it's not as simple as that, but, you know, we got to get back to having fun. I think we playing a little timid, you know, a little like, tight. You know, basketball is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be loose. You know, it's supposed to be competitive. But I, I get a sense of, like, you know, everybody's, like, we want to make every, you know we want to make every shot and myself included our body language when we miss shots and things like that it's contagious um and that's just part of it like you know we're not gonna make every shot we're gonna turn the ball over it's just all about how we respond um and as a group we um you know we can't let it snowball and that's what it that's what happened tonight you know we let it you know it's a domino effect you know but you know I think just not playing so so tight you know get back to just Relax and take a deep breath and remember, uh, you know, we're playing basketball. Jason Tatum, after last night's Celtics loss to the Indiana Pacers at home, 117-112. And Tatum with 41 points last night. I, look, I don't think he was part of the problem. In fact, that I tip my cap to how Tatum talked after this game, saying that they played tight. And again, you have Jalen Brown saying they played tight. We looked tight in that Golden State game, so there's been some tightness. Uh, this is residual uh, you know, after effect of this West Coast road trip. So you hate hearing that. But he is calling out the bad body language and how that's contagious. So I, I liked what Tatum had to say after this one, Jones. Yeah, I I do. I just, at some point, you got to put an end to it, right? And I, I felt a little bit this way about Mac Jones 
I felt this way, you know, when Chris Sale was still actually pitching. Like, at some point, you can't just come in, lost after loss, or poor outing after poor outing, not that it was a poor individual outing for him, and say you're going to change it. Like, at some point, you got to do it, right? And so, to the Celtics' credit, last year, they started horrifically. Uh, They were losing games left and right. In fact, this current three-game losing streak is the longest since this time last year when they dropped three in a row last December. So you're literally back in those days when the Celtics started that poorly a year ago. That's the last time you lost as many games consecutively. And so they've pulled out of it before. Maybe they'll do it again. Or maybe, maybe they got to the NBA Finals last year. They enjoyed the ride. They liked the intensity night in and night out. Now you get to some regular season games and it's hard to replicate that intensity. They would be far from the first team that fell into that trap. You know, I think a lot of these teams that have been to the NBA Finals recently, how many times did we talk about it last year? Don't become the Oklahoma City Thunder. Don't become the Phoenix Suns. Exactly. Don't become one of these teams that got there and never got back. And so I wonder if they're going through a little bit of that malaise. That doesn't mean it'll last all year. It doesn't mean it will ultimately prevent them from getting to the NBA Finals, but I wonder if that's some of what they're battling. And again, I I know Jay Stu doesn't think there's a coaching problem, but like, how does Joe Missoula combat that? Like, I I know his little sandcastles thing. Did you see that was catching fire for a little while? No, what was he'd this? go in after after all their wins. He'd put like a picture of like a sandcastle on the on the screen, like before they'd watch their video or after they'd watch their their tape of the previous game. And it's like, oh, we beat Phoenix by forty five points, but it's like a sandcastle. The waves come in, they knock it down. You got to rebuild it again, man. Like in other words, like just because you played well, you have to replicate that. Sure. You have to do it again. But well, apparently, that message isn't landing anymore. And I wonder if Missoula can get that message to land or if they're just in the December doldrums and it's hard to get up for a team like Orlando or the Indiana Pacers and they'd be far from the first team to battle that. But the teams that fall into that trap are the teams that never get back to the finals. So what's the next plan now that they've been in this swoon to bring in the poster of the cat saying, hang in there, buddy? (laughs) Gotta wait for the sand to warm up a little bit. You know, cold sand and building sandcastles isn't good. Well, I have to think that uh, even you, the uh, the dyed in the wool Everything is fine. Pie in the sky, green teamer. Are a little concerned because you know what my favorite part about last night was what? the booze that the, that they got booed at the end of the first half. I was surprised. I was like, "Holy crap!" Like I mean, they, they were down third, or what was it? Halftime twenty eight. No I guess. show in the first half. Complete no show. So they gave right. up. They gave up seventy. And I know I'm surprised. I'm sure we'll hear from the Marcus Smart people today. Like, oh yeah, they missed Smart last night. No hot, no defense. I'm ready for them. We should just let, let the Marcus Smart people do their thing, but I'm ready for them. All right, 617-779-0985. You're concerned that that West Coast road trip, starting with the Golden State Warriors, exposed something with this year's Celtics. We'll start with uh, Derek and Providence, first up here in Felger and Mass. Hey, Derek. Hey, what's happening, fellas? Hey. Hey, uh, one thing I wanted to point out, and I'm noticing it, especially these past three games, you know, we lost twice to the Magic, and then we lose last night to the Pacers. You get these middling teams that come in, and now the Celtics have a target on their back because they are the finals contender from the East. They just went to the finals. So now every middling team or bottom team is going to come in with their best effort trying to prove that they can hang with the best of teams. And the Celtics have it in their DNA where they tend to take the easy games off. And you could see it in their body language. You could see it in their lack of intensity, especially on defense. They've got to show up every game now. They yeah. have to because these 
Yeah, Derek, it's a good point. There is something to that. There is a target on their back, it feels like. You know, like other teams, sure. lesser teams. Orlando did it for I'm, both games. I'm happy he said the second part, though, because, like, oh, you're just going to get their best shot almost lets them off the hook, right? Like, oh, you're just getting every team's best shot, and sometimes you're going to lose. No, 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 no. They're playing down to the competition as well. So that's a two-way street, and I agree. Teams have you circled on the calendar. You're a good young team. You were in the finals last year. So teams are going to get amped, get excited for that game. As I said, circle it. But you, if you, you know, drop your level of play and play down to them, that's the only way they're going to get up to your level. And so the Celtics are guilty of that, too. I don't just want to say, oh, what, what are you supposed to do? The other team got excited and they beat you. No, no, no. You should beat Orlando. Two straight games, even without Tatum. You should beat Orlando. You should have beat that indie team last night. John in Providence next here on Felger and Maz with Adam Jones and Jim Murray. Hi, yeah. Hey, John. How you doing? Yeah, I'd like to talk about how the roster deficiencies of the Celtics team are getting exposed. They simply have so many guards that they're too small sometimes. I think they need to add a couple of wings and get rid of Derek White. That He's just useless. They have so many guards besides Tatum and Brown. I think they need some more wings so they can compete with like teams like a Golden State who want to go small ball where you have wings so you're not undersized. Yeah, you know, this is a guy, a couple of weeks back on the uh, Saturday Sports Hub Celtics show, I do with Chris Gasper, and it's always produced by Brian Robb of Mass Live, who covers the Celtics. He was he asked at the time, you know, like, outside of Tatum and Brown, that's a given who you think the, the third best player in the Celtics has been so far this season. And B-Rob, and I said, you know, like, it's it's Derek White. Like, now it feels like, well, I don't question that trade whatsoever. And, like, after that, it was like I cursed him. Or, yeah. Like, we collectively cursed him because he has turned right back into a pumpkin. He's the perfect example of guys who are playing way over their head. You know, like he's he has not been a good three point shooter his entire career. I mean, he's been fine. He's been, you know, probably league average. And I'd have to really look at the numbers. But he's not a guy who's a 40 percent three point shooter. That's not him. So, you know, look, you're going to get more open looks when Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are on the team. I think that's why Brogdon's three point numbers and he's shooting a little over his head right now. But I think that's why his numbers have skyrocketed back to the Milwaukee days, because who did the Bucks have in Milwaukee? Giannis. You got to double team him and collapse on him, and that leads to open looks. The same thing happens with Tatum and Brown here. So Brogdon's three-point shooting going up makes sense. Maybe there's some of that with Derek White, but he's not going to be a 40, 42, 44% three-point shooter like he started the year. That's just not who he is. And on the wings thing, let me just tell you, I don't regret the Brogdon trade. I don't regret trading away Aaron Neesmith. But I looked at Neesmith last night, and I said, I think he might have got a little better. I looked at his season numbers. I mean, nine points a game, nothing great. 38% 38% on threes. I looked at that and I said, I mean, I don't regret the trade, but maybe there was more with Neesmith than I gave credit because I thought he played pretty well last night. Josh in the car next year on Felgren Maz with Jim Murray and Adam Jones. Hey, Josh. Hey, guys. Hey, uh, two points. So I don't know if you remember last year when they lost to the Knicks that uh, R.J. Barrett hit that three-pointer and they were 18-21. and 21, mm-hmm. And right after that game, uh, Perk was you know was doing an interview and Perk you know started going off on Tatum and Brown it's time to blow it up yada 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 and then all of a sudden a switch went off and you know they 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 turned the whole season around well it's funny because right before the Golden State game when the rumor was that Bob was coming back for that game same thing Perk on national TV ain't nobody beating the Celtics it's a wrap they're gonna win the chip going on and on and on and on and I feel like these guys do hear that stuff and and then they've been in this malaise my other point is Jalen Brown, he's an outer-worldly talent, but he is just so inconsistent, and it's maddening that his same problems he had last year with his, with his handles, 
it's the same thing now. It's I don't know if he just goes off into never never land or he just needs to really improve his his uh, his dribbling. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Josh. Oh, I couldn't agree more on that second part. There's times when like he's figured it out. He truly is, you know, the running mate now. He's the the Robin to the Batman of Jason Tatum, and then I'll have a couple of stinkers like he's had these last couple of games. It was at seven turnovers the other day, and I thought he was the worst player on the Celtics last night. Yeah, I'm surprised. His his I just looked at his turnovers this year. They're up. And you know, his minutes are up. Maybe his touches are up. I, I don't know. He's, he's playing a career-high minute, so some of that's going to go up anyway. But he's over three turnovers a game. He's never been there before in his career. So, look, I mean, should he make strides with his dribbling? I guess. Some guys, that's just not what they're cut out to do. And Jalen Brown needs to do a better job, like I think Marcus Smart needs to do. Like I think a lot of guys, not named Jason Tatum on this roster, Grant Williams, need to learn what your limitations are. And I don't think Jalen's figured that out yet, or he is refusing to acknowledge what those limitations are. But he's loose with his handles. He's been loose with it his whole career. And he's shut me up a lot. Maybe he'll ultimately work on it and figure it out in a future offseason. He's a way better shooter than I thought from when they drafted him. He's been an all-star. He might be an all-NBA caliber player. Uh, he, he probably is an all-NBA caliber player at this point in his career. So I didn't think he could do those things. Maybe he'll fix his dribbling too, but... We all thought he'd work on it last offseason, and it's arguably worse. Has this Celtic swoon exposed them as fraud? 617-779-0985. No. We'll continue to take your calls on that. Front row stew <laughs> vehemently disagrees. Again, look Front for, row stew. Look for him on national television. Baseline. It's Christmas evening. A tip-off at 5. Front row stew doesn't advertise. He does not. Also, have you noticed a little gleam in the eye of Adam Jones today? Maybe a little pep in his step? I have. Mm. And I think it's because he's taken a look at the NBA standings and noticed a certain team is on a heater. And all of a sudden, looking like a potential problem for the Celtics going forward. We'll tell you who that is next after the headlines. with Backstagecountry.com, your online home for all things country music. Country music has so many generous artists who always seem to jump in to help those in need. We're spotlighting five who lead by example and lend a helping hand to charitable causes. See who made our list when you text GIVE to 45911. Text GIVE to 45911 and read all about it right now on BackstageCountry.com. Felger. Blah, blah, blah. Maz. You're an idiot. And Murray. Look at this murderer's row. It's Felger and Maz. 98.5. The Sports Hub. Hey, welcome back. Felger and Maz. 98.5. The Sports Hub. Jim Murray alongside Adam Jones and you at 617-779-0985. We'll get back to your Celtics calls in just a moment. We'll say again... Looked bad. Complete no-show in the first half. Couldn't rally in the second. They end up losing to the Pacers 117-112. But as I teased before the break, see a little gleam in the eye old Adam Jones today. The vulture at night. Got a little pep in his step. I do. It's because his Brooklyn Nets all of a sudden, you haven't been paying attention. I know I kind of hadn't because I was like, ah, the Nets, they won't be able to get out of their own way. They'll be tripping over their own hogs like they have the last couple of years. They'll be infighting and bitching and blah, blah, blah. They'll be in the basement probably in the plane. You don't have to worry about the Nets. Hottest team in the NBA right now. They've now won seven straight. They destroyed the Warriors last night, 143-113. You had nine players in double digits. They're 7-3 and in their last 10. And all of a sudden, they're two games back at the Celtics and currently in the four seed in the Eastern Conference. 
No wonder why you're feeling good about your yeah, Brooklyn Nets. I, I am. And look, it's hard to feel about them, uh, good about them when they employ Kyrie Irving, who, who even I in the offseason, I was like, all right, the Nets thing's not fun anymore. Like, it's probably time to get rid of him. Yeah. Probably time to cut ties with Kyrie. Yeah, I said like a month and a half ago. I don't even want to like bring up his name anymore. Yeah. Done with so fair. All that's fair. The Nets. Should I should I or anyone fall for them as a championship contender with the way they're playing? Because right now, as you just said, and I, there's no curry for the Warriors last night. Like, they, they blitzed them, and they've been playing very well. But, you know, Golden State was shorthanded. I'd say the same thing if the Celtics beat the Warriors yeah, without the Curry. throttled the Warriors the other night, too. They're so, in a bad way right now. They're 20-12. and 12, They're only two games behind the Celtics. Are they still a team you should have circled? Are they a threat in the East? Like, when we're – I know it's a day for Maz's tears in the NFL – but if you were going to look at, you know, your NBA tiers and teams that can win a championship. Yeah, Jones is tears. You know, the Bucks are there. The Warriors, obviously, for the Celtics are a problem. The Cavs have been a problem for the Celtics. I think the Cavs could be a potential problem like Cle- that. Would Cleveland's be- only a half game back of Boston yeah, right now. Right. And, and they're 2-0 and head-to-head against the Celtics. And they just beat the Bucks. The Cavs just beat the Bucks. Cavs just beat the Bucks. Do the Nets belong with that group of teams? I'll ask you, Jim. Uh, I think it. I think they're tier two. I put all those other teams in tier one in the East, but the Nets are in tier two. But uh, honestly, they were tier five for up until like a few days ago when I realized that I was like, oh, wait, oh, they've been on a bit of a run here. And all of a sudden there's no infighting. They've maybe have figured it out here and they could be problematic for the Celtics in terms of the East. Like, I don't think that that's a layup, no pun intended. If they got them in a seven, like in a series, it could go seven. Yeah. And look, I don't think Jacques Vaughn, that's who's coaching them now, right? Yeah. I don't think Jacques Vaughn is any great shakes. But just the absence of Steve Nash might be like Bobby Valentine-esque. Yeah, right. You know, the Red Sox won a World Series with John Farrell. Not because John Farrell knows what he's doing or he's any good. It's the absence of who was there before, which I think went on a little bit with Cora, too, but it's a side topic for another day. Like, just getting Steve Nash out of there, maybe that's what they needed to buy in to a degree. Or maybe they're just fooling me like they've done for the last two, three years. Like, maybe I'm just falling for it again, but... I don't know. They're right there with the Celtics. They're right there in the top four in the East. And it feels to me like they have the talent, at least, to match up with the Celtics. The problem, similar to Boston, is their heads. It's not their talent. It's their heads. Well, like, right. You you just nailed it because the only problem is is themselves, much like the Celtics. And maybe it's already started. Again, you know, uh, seven straight they've won. They throttled the Warriors last night. And reading from Yahoo Sports, Vincent Goodwill today Kevin Durant's like upset that they're not getting the attention that they should be getting because, you know, they've turned things around. He says, quote, I get that other people don't look at our roster as a championship roster, but when we get wins the way we get wins, you've got to pay attention to that. Oh, do you? Yeah, I agree. When Kai, Kyrie Irving, and Ben Simmons didn't play, we beat teams by nearly 40 points. Any other team, it's, hold on, what are they doing over there? They take us for granted, me and Kai especially. we got to jump through a hula hoop of fire to be impressed. Like, so I read this. And those feelings I had of like, oh, well, maybe you're going to worry about the Nets. Then I read this. I'm like, oh, there's still a bunch of babies, well, starting with Durant and Kyrie. And he went on, and this is a one-on-one with Yahoo, so we, we no audio existing. But he went on to, like, rip the negative culture in New York sports yeah, and right. everything else. And it's like, no, I agree. It, prob- yeah, he- it probably is the same soft-ass Kevin Durant, same soft-ass Kyrie Irving, same soft-ass Nets team. Probably, probably. But I don't know. It's probably worth paying attention to them, too, because they're right there in your rearview mirror. He says, is embellish the right word? Y'all do that because it's New York City. Just the media in general in New York City feed the fans, and the fans like negative S. They're used to teams not playing playing well over the years, so they just accept the drama. So when the drama comes, it's a normal feeling. That's New York culture over the last 50 years in sports. 
I feel like NBA culture is starting to turn that way now, but it's always been that way in New York. That's a good thing, Kevin, like that people care and that people get pissed. I think I would like to think that that's one of the reasons this is one of the, if not the best sports market in America. Like, you know, people pay attention. People care. It's like a religion here. It pushes you, hopefully, to be better. Yeah, and if you wanted to have a bunch of people who just cheer you on and wear their stupid T-shirts that they leave on the back of the seats and, and cheer you no matter what. You should have stayed in Oklahoma City. Yeah, right. You know, like, if you wanted just a bunch of old people and, you know, grandparents cheering you on at your home games, well, then you should have stayed with the Thunder. You should have never left if that's what you wanted. But no, you chase the money. You chase whatever you thought was good for your shoe deal. And part of what comes along with that is, unfortunately, media scrutiny. Tom and Newton on the Celtics' recent struggles. You're next here on Felger and Mez. Hey, Tom. Yeah, hey, guys. Uh, you know, I feel a similar way about the Celtics to the way I feel about the you know the Bruins often, which is like, okay, you know, they come out of the gate and rip off all these wins. It's impressive. It looks good. But at the end of the day, the only thing you're really thinking about is, you know, months from now when it matters, are they going to be able to put it together then? Or is it going to be like the last few years where it always, you know, they always come up short? And so I look at the Celtics team, it's like, you know, what can you point to to have the confidence to buy in to think that, yeah, they do have a shot to, you know, be, you know, be mature and not let it run down their leg in the playoffs? Because I really can't see anything. What do you guys think? No, there, there really isn't anything you can point to other than they got to the finals last year. Well, so, again, like I got chirped by some dude it. last night saying, like, did you forget about last year? And I, I responded, you know, the snarky dick way that I usually did. Like, I don't know, did you watch, like, an alternate ending, ending from the director's cut? Like, what are you talking about? They lost in the finals. In a way that showed what like what they are in terms of their mentality and you know their gutlessness. Like I don't know how you can look at this last week and how it started with the same team they lost to in the finals and feel like ah no they'll be fine they're going right back to the finals and this time they're going to win it. That's I, I'm sorry like this week has week and a half here with the Celtics has kind of left me shaking. I, I feel entirely consistent on this. I don't trust the Bruins because I don't think they're that different from a year ago. I, if I didn't trust the Celtics, it would be because I don't think they're that different than a year ago. The problem is. The Celtics finished at a much higher point. I really don't think there's a huge difference between Boston, uh, meaning the Celtics, this year and last. Same thing with the Bruins. But again, the Bruins lost in the first round. They didn't change all that much. They're the same. If the Celtics are the same, they're right back there competing for a championship. So that, that's why I talk about them a little differently. The Celtics' ceiling, obviously, is a million times higher than the Bruins. Uh, a giveaway for you coming up in our long commercial-free segment, another $100 Patriot Place gift card, along with your Celtics phone calls. And then at the top of the hour, we will turn our attention to the baby quarterback, who I think should be benched uh, in these, uh, at some point during these final three games for the New England Patriots. We'll get to all that coming up next here on Felger and Mans. It's Felger and Maz on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Follow these guys on Twitter at Felger and Maz. Backstagecountry.com, your online home for all things country music. Award-winning movies often have incredible soundtracks, and many of those have gone on to become country gold. We've picked our top five country songs that have been nominated for an Oscar. Text OSCAR to 45911 to see if your favorite made the list on BackstageCountry.com. Text OSCAR to 45911, and we'll send the link straight to your phone. Every day they bring you the very best. I honestly don't care if we suck. Michael Felger. What am I going to say something? Tony Maserati. He's a moose, though. Felger and Maz continues now. How is that legal? On 98.5 The Sports Hub. There's a tale 
of Christmas time, holiday season. Touch and Rich and Zoe and Beatle can't be the only ones to cram in some Christmas songs. Is that, is that typically frowned upon at uh, this time slot? I mean, if Mike and Tony were here, I don't think Mike would be putting in any Christmas music. Not even one? He doesn't even do, like, one? I don't think so. Maybe Even, that, even the we, night show we, we allow we a little bit of. did it early on when... Bertrand was you. Okay. Um, we'd work in a Christmas song or two. So it's Jim's um, fault. I feel like they were saying. mostly Grateful Dead songs, though. There's that mopey, uh, there's that mopey Pearl Jam one from like 20 years ago, too. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure we've worked out. that in. Yep. But this one, seeing as I'm in the a-hole chair and I have to put the rundown together, I'm picking ones that I like. I know it's all subjective, but that Beach Boys Christmas album, that's my favorite of all the Christmas albums. Uh, and it reminds me so much of my childhood because it was like my mom's favorite Christmas album. So that was like always rocking in the Murray Dome back, at a, back in the day. Nice. Jim, sneaky thing that talent doesn't want to talk about in this business we all play our own cds so oh, right. you're just yeah. doing it more blatantly <laughs> yeah, that's right uh all right back to your celtics calls at 617-779-0985 and another reminder we have a giveaway for you in this long commercial free segment before we uh, segue to uh, piling on mac jones uh but as far as the celtics are concerned uh, brendan in toronto wants to weigh in on the celtics problems and uh, what they're all about go ahead brendan jim murray you are on like a hot double double from tim hortons I mean, this team deserved to get booed last night. I was up in the balcony booing them in the, at the end of the first half because that was the most poor, pathetic performance on both sides of the ball, the turnovers, the poor defense. This team thinks they can just turn it on and off, and hopefully that crowd gave them a wake-up call last night because I don't think it's coming from the coach. And Ime Odoka may be the only thing to save this team. I don't know, but there's no voice in there telling them you can't just coast through all these games and, and – think you can win a championship. they got to work hard, and they're going to get blown out by Milwaukee on Christmas Day, and it's going to be even more of an embarrassment than last night because this is absolute trash, and I'm sorry. I've had enough. Brandon, it's the only positive I, that came out of last night for me is that, you know, you, the diehard Celtics fan, that, oh, everything's fine. Bring Jay Crowder back. He could help. <laughs> he would. Coach, let's <laughs> Coach Missoula, he's the best. I want my front row seats. I'm just having fun. How about the mouthy little peanut? Yeah. He's available. You know, like any of that. Uh, you got, Kemba, Kemba had 30 the other night for uh, Dallas, I but, think. But the, you, guys are, Horford. you guys found the first half unacceptable because it was. And I can't help think, think, help think uh, I'm glad Brendan in Toronto brought this up. So maybe the best thing about Ime Adoka last year was that, you know, what was it? After, like, that second loss, he said you got punked, which is, you know, basically him calling them a bunch of bitches, which yep. was like, ooh, okay. Yep. Like, no one's done this to them then uh, yet. Uh, but it took a couple of months. But I finally think that he kind of got through them in a, in a way. So maybe they missed that? Uh, I, look, Udoka might not be a great guy. It sounds like he's not. I think he got shortchanged as a coach. And I think coaching is overrated in the NBA, uh, just like I think it's overrated in the NFL. Like, I, I, I kind of think they're, they're similar. You know, your coach might be able to make a difference the deeper you go. You know, you get into a series against the other guy. Maybe there's some tactical changes that a coach can make. But largely, it's about the talent on the field or on the floor in the case of the NBA. I do think Udoka got shortchanged, not just from his motivational tactics, but the way he unleashed the Time Lord on defense. Like, their defense was awesome last year. You know, if they won that championship, and I – did they or did they not? No, they no, didn't. They, they oh, did okay, not. they came right. up short. Sorry. But if they did win that championship, they'd be known as, like, an all-time great defense, you know, or at least in the last 20 years up there with those Detroit Pistons teams, maybe some of those Spurs teams, they'd be known like that. And so he's the one who tapped into the Time Lord and got something out of him. What's Missoula really done? Like, who's he, who's he tapped into? Like – what sort of motivational tactic, beside the little sandcastle thing, 
what what has he gotten out of them? So maybe it's too early to tell, but this is where I think you start to find out. They're hitting real adversity. They're not pulling out of it quickly. So this is where we're going to find out a lot about Joe Missoula. When they're blitzing teams by 20, 30, 40 points and rolling over everybody, it's pretty easy. Go in and show them tape and put something on the screen. Jeremy and Worcester on Jalen Brown's inconsistency. Go ahead, Jeremy. Hey, how you guys doing? Good. Um, yeah, their defense sucks this year. Um, and I'm with that last caller on most of his points. Um, what I did want to call in about was with Jalen Brown, like I think the problem is like his handle's good. Like if you watch his handle, I can see his handle is good. I think his decision making is bad. Like when he has somebody where like he's trying to take two people off the dribble or he's trying to do iso ball and go left to right. And once he gets in his quote unquote bag, he he just can't finish. And he, he's just making the wrong decisions. Um, I just want to hear what you guys think about that. Thanks, Jeremy. The handle's better than it was his first couple of years in the league, where yeah. like, that was like the one red flag to his game. But there's still inconsistencies. Yeah, with it. and look, I, I understand what the caller's saying. Some of those go hand in hand. Is it his decision-making? Is he loose with, with his handle? I mean, maybe there's there's a combination there. I think they're, they're sometimes one and the same. Again, it's not recognizing your own limitations and what you can do with the basketball. And when you think you're a lot better dribbling than you are, you're going to take on two defenders or you're going to try to split a double team or whatever it is. And, yeah, he struggles with that. It's not like he can't do it. It's not like he's never done it. But the more he tries it, the more the turnovers go through the roof and he runs into trouble. Did you see the column from um, Gary Washburn of the Boston Globe the other day like you know, that he's been complaining about you know refs looking at him for traveling too much? Jalen? Yeah. No, I didn't. And that surprises me because I normally think he's one of the few Celtics – on the floor with the refs, because I, I don't want to say this about Jalen off the floor, but on the floor with the refs, I actually think he's one of the guys with his head screwed on right. I think he normally doesn't get caught up in the antics with the referees and oh, complaining no, was, about calls. This was bitching after the fact. No, I think it was okay, I, didn't, a game I didn't where know that. He got called for it twice or three times. It might have been the Orlando game. But either way, if you don't want to be called for traveling, don't travel. Oh. Like that, That's all, you know. There's here. definitely that. And that was the thing, too, after reading it. It's like, oh, you too? Because the same thing. When I watch, I'm like, well, at least he doesn't bitch to the refs. Yeah, but he I, just holds it in and does I it I largely like the way he carries himself. He doesn't complain to the officials. He plays with an edge. He's not buddy-buddy with everybody on the other team. I guess outside of Kyrie. So, you know, when it comes to him, normally on the floor, I'm on board with that. But I hadn't seen those post-game comments from him, no. Tommy and Lynn on the Celtic struggles uh, as of late. Go ahead, Tommy. Hey, what's up, guys? I want to say uh, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays before I get to my Celtics take, guys. You as well, Tommy. I want to. All right. But anyways, this is what their struggles is. And I've been watching, and I was actually at the game – um, last Friday night, and I ran into Jay Stu, right, Jay Stu? And we, we ran right, into each other. It was my pleasure other. to meet you, Tommy. All right. Yeah, Tommy knows took a picture. You're the man. But anyways, they, they don't call time. He, Joe Mazzuma doesn't call timeouts, and he lets the team play through without calling timeouts. That's one of their main things, and they dig themselves into a big hole like last night. They, got, they can't be doing this like to uh, – a team like the Milwaukee Bucks that's coming up on Christmas Day. They can't dig themselves into a hole like this. I want to hear you guys' take. And once again, happy holidays. You too, Love Tommy. you guys. Yeah, Merry so Christmas, happy uh, the second part I disagree with, like I, they can dig their way out of a hole. They're a half game behind Milwaukee. You beat them on Christmas Day, you're fine. And I get what he's saying. If you lose, you're that much further behind. You want to beat them, obviously. And I'm sure they'll get up for that game. I'm not as concerned about the Celtics getting up for a big game, although Golden State was problematic. It's more... Can they get excited for some of these lower-level teams? But his first point about Missoula and the timeouts, it is maddening. And I don't care if they're telling him to do it because of analytics. I don't care what his logic is. 
one of the few things you can do as a coach is control minutes, Slow control rotations, down. and right, get the guys to take a breath. This team sometimes needs to take a breath, and that's one of the few things he could actually control. I wish he would do that more. Not that it was a problem last night per se, but it's been something that's really bothered me as a head coach this year with him. Let's mix this in because, uh, you know, it's going to be loose here today. It says Sean and Lawrence has an agenda-free Thursday question. Ooh, good. I don't know if it's necessarily agenda-free, but, you know, it's the fun substitute teachers here in uh, Adam Jones and Jim Murray. So get, go ahead, Sean. What do you got? Yeah, it's definitely agenda-free. It's not a sports call. I love Falco and Maz, but I love when you two are paired up because you're like the fun uncles, even though I'm pretty sure I'm older than Jones. But uh, I heard, uh, Murray, you yesterday referencing Randy Marsh with a hot, 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 hot. So uh, I was just wondering uh, what each of your uh, each of your uh, favorite uh, maybe top three uh, animated adult uh, comedies are. Whether it's like South Park, Rick and Morty, Family Guy, you know, uh, whatever. Um, top three for both ooh. of you. I don't know if I even have three. I love South Park. I don't. I mean, you're a big Simpsons guy. Yeah, peak Simpsons though, which to me ends in like ninety nine ish, like. All that stuff holds up. I think it's some of the most brilliant television writing of all time, especially when Conan O'Brien was producing around, like, 92. Like, so Simpsons is always going to be number one because of that. South Park, when it's good. Like, you ever try to watch South Park from, like, 98, 99 when it first Oh, started? the early ones are not very good. They're unwatchable. I mean, I, I thought they were funny when I was, yeah, you know, same. When I was like or a whatever. Yeah, or whatever. whatever, yeah, 14. But, no, 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 no. They, they hit their stride, I would say, I don't know, early to mid-2000s. That's, that's probably when they hit their stride. And I don't know. I've uh, it's bogged down a little bit in recent seasons, but I I don't know that I even have three. Like I liked Family Guy for a time. I'm trying to think of what uh, South Park kind of ruined Family Guy for me. If we're being honest, <laughs> I mean, how do you oh, top this? Oh, here it comes! Oh, Oh, it's over. <laughs> and number three for me is, uh, and this is where I'm going to sound like like a hipster douche that I can sometimes come off. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, do, do, you know, do you know home movies? It was no. like they only. It was very small run. It came out in like the uh, late '90s, early 2000s. Uh, H. John Benjamin, who does like all the voiceover stuff now, plays this coach. It was really smart, really funny. Home movies is probably number three for me. Family Guy, I like, but I don't love. I'm telling you, South Park ruined Family when they did the yeah, cartoon right. wars. Yeah. South Park ruined Family Guy for me. Uh, there was a time in my life, and I have not rewatched it in a while. There was a time where I liked Aqua Teen. I don't know if that holds up or if I'd still like that, but there was right. a time I liked Aqua Teen. Yeah, my like real heavy weed years. I was uh, <laughs> I mean, not that I obviously still dabble, but like when I was like you know, like so pothead Jim. Like yeah. yeah, no, I wonder if I would find that as funny as I did at the time. All right, hey, uh, we'll stop yammering about this and give a, do a giveaway. How about that? Call or pretend to the Pride Motor Group contest line at six one seven nine three one zero ninety eight five. We'll score a $100 Patriot Place gift card, the place to shop, dine, and enjoy this holiday season. Download the Patriot Place Advantage app to earn points and access exclusive Patriot Place rewards and offers. Learn more for yourself at PatriotPlace.com. That's PatriotPlace.com. Again, caller 10, Pride Motor Group contest line 617-931-0985. Scores that $100 giftie to Patriot Place uh, and get the gift card there. So uh, it's time to pile on Mac Jones once again because I had the epiphany yesterday that I was wrong to pick Mac over Bill when asked if he had to do that Sophie's choice. No, 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 I would have to side with Bill if I had to make that choice going forward. And I've also decided this. Mac Jones should be benched. If he's going to keep acting like this and showing up the coaches, like it's gone too far, and they should bench his ass at some point in these final three games, maybe even on Saturday against the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll get to that next at the headlines with Jones in our long commercial-free segment here on Phil. 